Cougar fans, it is time. Touchdown! What a grab! It's time to raise your colors, raise your voice, and join in on the raucous roundtable about your favorite team, the BYU Cougars. 15-10-5, It's time to tailgate. Cougar Tailgate, where BYU sports fandom lives. And here's your host, Lauren McClain. What's up, Cougar Nation? I'm Lauren McClain, and we're here to tailgate with you doing what we do best, talking all things BYU Cougars. For today's roundtable discussion, we have Brian Logan. What's up, Below? What's going on? And Hema Heymuli. What's up, Hema? Aloha. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for being here with me, guys. We're starting the show talking hoops before transitioning into football. And once again, we have two basketball Big experts. Big basketball, with guys. <laughs> Huge. Don't lie to these people. Below, <laughs> Below loves basketball. I actually want to know, Brian... Mm. How were you at basketball growing up? I was really good. Were you? Yeah. I, I w- I'm still, I would say I'm good. Um, if, like, now to this day I could play. Yeah. Um, as long as I'm taller than everybody. Then I'm, I'm <laughs> so, I, I remember so playing. you playing with, like, elementary school kids. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah no, that's right. That's right. That's right. That's right. Um, so, when I got into um, high school, that's when I stopped. I, I didn't have any intentions to 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 stop it's just when i got to ninth grade everybody started like their growth spurt and i didn't so i was like oh there's no way i can compete (laughs) so i just hung them up right there really yeah yeah. but you loved basketball growing up did you Um, watch the the nba or anything yeah yeah i was a i was a kobe fan okay a little bit of jordan but um really loved really loved kobe i watched i watched the the nba you know now yeah, it's a, you know, that's all right. Yeah. It's cool. It's cool. I, I'd like basketball. I'd like basketball. I do like basketball. All right. Well, BYU basketball is having its best start since 2011. It's the best start in the Mark Pope era with notable wins over San Diego State, Arizona State, and NC State. It's only loss coming against the Utes. Boo! We're going to start off the show by discussing which of Mark Pope's wins in his five years as head coach is the best or the most significant. All right? Henhema. I know you're going to know these, all right? We're going to start off. In 2020, Obviously. BYU beat Gonzaga 91-78. to It was a senior night at the Marriott Center for TJ Haas, Jake Toulson, and Yoli Childs. Gonzaga had only lost one game all season going into that matchup, and they were ranked number two in the nation as well. Yoli Childs absolutely dominated with 28 points, 10 rebounds, and TJ Haas had 16 points, 8 assists, and Jake Toulson finished with 17 points, and six assists. Unfortunately, we all know what happened a couple of weeks after that game, and COVID ended the potential Final Four run Awful. for that magical team. Do you remember that? Uh, of course, I remember that. It oh. was freaking amazing. Like, what was even cooler, if you remember, was prior to that season. Mark Pope does his Midnight Madness every yeah. year, right? Yeah. Um, which is the the kickoff. If you don't, if you're not familiar, it's the kickoff to the to the basketball season. Everyone fills the Marriott Center at midnight, and they have like this giant party, basically. Well, at that party that year, they practiced storming the court <laughs> for big wins. <laughs> Completely like, you know, looking into the future, uh, Mark Pope had, uh, yeah, he, he he knew what was coming. And then, and then there then it was. The end of, yeah, and the end of the season, beating Gonzaga, amazing. How do you practice storming the court? Was it like, here are the safety protocols? <clears throat> To not trample on each other. I mean, I think like, it was just a fun thing. thing. You know what I mean? Yeah. I think you just go for it. It's like yeah. every man for himself. Yeah. He just was hyping everybody up. Yeah. It was just hype. But I love Mark Pope. Yeah. What a cool guy. That was incredible. And that was so heartbreaking 
that it had to end with COVID because terrible. That team was special. What, what happened? I, I, yeah. So literally, you know, a couple weeks later, um, the COVID started becoming a thing because I was, you know, even you know from a larger vision, right? Like with Rudy Gobert touching the microphone. Oh, that yeah, much yeah, later. Okay. Then they shut down that game, and then things started slowly getting shut down, and eventually they shut down the the March Madness, the NCAA tournament. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it was terrible because. The state of Utah had two really good teams. The BYU team um, was one of them, and uh, so did they get did they get their year back? Did they get a COVID year? <laughs> I don't think they did at no, the time. I, I think they came they out did. later. They, they were, yeah, they That's were sad. too far, and the and really their stars were seniors. Yeah, all the seniors. <laughs> yeah, so they were. It was done. They should they should apply for a COVID year. I know. Yeah, oh, come man. back now. That'd Can be you great. imagine? <laughs> man, Alex Barcelo, bring him back. All right, the other one is. In 2022, BYU beats Creighton 83-80. BYU had a double-digit lead in the second half, but Creighton's press caused the Cougars to crumble. BYU barely hung on to win this matchup, led by Rudy Williams, who finished with 26 points in the game. Creighton would eventually lose on a late controversial foul call to San Diego State in the Elite Eight. So Creighton went very far Mm. that year in 2022. And uh, so I think that was a huge win Mm -hmm. in the Mark Pope era. That was kind of like one of those wins where, like, you know, even if you're not a basketball fan per se, you're like, I've heard of Creighton. Yeah. Like, yeah. You've heard yeah. of Big East basketball, you know, right. so you know you're familiar. It's a brand, right? Right. And having and Mark Pope having um, beat that brand, I think it was in the Battle for Atlantis, was that the tournament that BYU so. beat him? Like, it was a big deal. And it's just another feather in the cap of Mark Pope, you know, getting things. It, it, it's all leading up to like this season, right? The season's like the best season of BYU basketball ever. And so far, you could see so far. But you can see the pieces coming together in, like, 2020, yes, 2022, absolutely. 2021. Yeah. Creighton's one of those basketball teams you look at on your bracket, and you're like, I really don't know much about you, but I know that name. Right. And you usually go far, so let's yeah. mark you <laughs> <laughs> I feel like that's how Creighton is. All right, take us to the next one, Hello. Uh The next one will be uh, BYU versus San Diego State in 2021. Uh, BYU's big first, first big matchup of the 2021-2022 season at the Marriott Center. Neither team was ranked, but it was a back-and-forth fight, and BYU eventually came up on top behind a 17-point performance um, by – well, so I remember actually this. San Diego State – I would say that San Diego State is like one of BYU's rivals, right? Yes, absolutely. 100%. Even going further back to like – you know, Kawhi and Jim, Jimmer, right? Like yeah. those those battles from back in the day, and even that that twenty twenty one squad was really tough too. Um, if you, rem- I think they were the tournament team, right? That mm-hmm. went made it to the finals. Was it that season? I'm I trying to remember. Yeah, I can't remember. They they go for far so they, much. often, yeah. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah. Anyways, that that is one of uh, Mark Pope's best games. Um, the next one I have is uh, BYU Oregon twenty twenty one. Um, again, another ba- another brand that Mark Pope mm-hmm. was able to beat, which is really unique. But this one was unique because it was at the Moda Center where the Blazers play. Um, and BYU just smoked them. They were 37-18 at the half, and, and Alex Barcelo led the team with 20, 25 points. So, um, and, and Oregon was supposed to be a really good team that year, but I believe that BYU lost to UVU. The next oh, game. Yeah, oh, yeah, that's right. <laughs> well, it was like two years in a row, right? And I think it was yeah. that year than yes. the next year. So that was yeah. a, I think that was a huge win, but I think the fact that they lost right after was like, oh. Yeah. Like, yeah. It, it just, it kind of just took the wind out of the sails for BYU yeah. fans as far as that game well, goes. Well, and that's like, 
whenever you play an emotional game, you like get up for it and mm-hmm. and you you win, you have like such a high. It's it's really hard for a team to reset and like be even keel right. and come back and focus cuz you still you still going to class next week. Well, some of us go to class <laughs> next week. And you're on campus, and yeah. and everybody's high fiving you. Teachers are like, "Oh, you don't gotta worry about that assignment." Girls are, you know, coming up to you more. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of hard to put that in your in your past, right? right? And and hit that that reset button. Um, but yeah, anytime I, I think in any sport, when you have a big win, you come back and you lose. It's like what you did before that is even better. Though. <laughs> you know? I know, but what you think about that UVU team though too, it's like the quintessential like trap game. Yeah, because you know they had they had a uh, Mark. Uh, what's his face? What's his what's his last name? Uh, Mark. Another Mark. It was I remember because in our pregame show we had the Battle of the Marks, right? Mm. But uh, um, I can't believe I can't remember his last name. Madsen. Mark Madsen. Madsen. Yes. Thank you. Thanks, Terry. Mark Madsen. And who's a great coach, and now he's at uh, Cal. But like that was the quintessential trap game because you have a high win, yeah. and then you kind of let down a little bit. You're not too careful, and then that team will get you. But yeah. Well, and then for UVU, coming against their old coach and Mark Pope, and against BYU, who runs the town, and it's just huge. They're they're going to play their best game, yeah. and BYU is coming off that high, so tough one. All right, let's go to 2021 BYU versus Utah. BYU beats them 75 to 64 below. Yeah, so BYU was trailing at the half uh, by two, but proceeded to outscore the Utes 48 to 35 in the second half. Caleb Lohner shined as he had a double double, and T. John Lucas led in scoring with 18 points. I remember that as the Caleb Lohner trash talk game because <laughs> yeah. he was waving to the crowd. As, as he was <laughs> oh, Caleb Lohner! And, uh, and and BYU ended a. Decade-long drought in the Hutchinson Center, so... Um, yep, that's huge. You know, prior to the game, BYU um, didn't win in there since 2011. Okay. Yep. So Any win over Utah is big. Yeah. It's just, yeah. It, it is. And huge. especially because there's something about that decade with the Utes, right? <laughs> there's something about 10 years with the Utes. Yeah, it was, like, was kind of gotta... like, like a biblical curse or something. You know, <laughs> like, after these been. 10 years is over, then you guys can start winning again. Yeah. All right, and then we're going to go to the last one. In 2019, BYU versus Houston. This one, I think, was just just massive in the Mark Pope era. BYU wins by one point. BYU was ranked 18th. Houston was ranked 22 going in the matchup. It was their first true road game of the, of the season. BYU had gotten out to an early lead at the half, and Houston took a one-point lead with five seconds left. And who can forget T.J. Haas? Mm. Dog. Love that Dog. guy. Dog. Hit the miracle shot that <laughs> bounced in as time expired. And this was, yeah, this was in Houston. The The fans were just silent. And I love that this is a kind of a preview of a Big 12 matchup that's coming. True. Yeah. yeah. And that Which was we bef- didn't know, obviously, in 2019. Yeah. And, uh, no, 100%. And, and who knew that Houston, we knew they were a good team, but, like, they turned into a juggernaut. Yeah, they did. In hoops. Yeah. And, like, yeah. That that's really cool. Plus, I remember when TJ Haas hit that shot. I had photoshopped. So there's like this pic. So he hits the shot right, and he turns around. He's just got this mean mug on his face, and the camera took, you know, someone took yeah. a picture of it, and I photoshopped him with like a teardrop tattoo <laughs> and like face tats. Because I'm like, that's the guy. That's this the guy. guy. That's hilarious. Yeah. Hilarious. Yeah. To me, to me, that was the number one win in Mark Pope's five years so far. I think because Houston, I think they went on, gosh, 
they they did really well in in uh, March Madness that year, maybe even the Final Four. So Houston was very very good. That was just a, a huge win for BYU and for Mark Pope to give him confidence. And I loved it because for me personally, I'm like, okay, Mark Pope, Mark Pope can do hard things. Yeah. You know, like he can push his team to do hard things and to win against these big teams. And who knows? Maybe that was one of the things that uh, looked really good for BYU's favor coming into the Big 12, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, I, th- I think like like Hema said earlier, um, you know, you, you you see these 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 splashes of of greatness, right? Of of being able to go toe to toe with these these brand name schools um, and these and these juggernauts, but then you also see you know some some shortcomings as well. So. Mm-hmm. It, it does seem like it's all, you know, getting put together this year. And I think at, at times, especially like for BYU coaches, it's it's hard to, to hit that stride. Um, I would say faster than, than an average coach at, at a, probably an average place just because of, you know, recruiting. And then you throw in transfer portals and things like that. And especially with basketball. Bas- like basketball was different than football. Like no, guys were sure. going out left and right. And it's like basketball is like the margin of error is smaller. Right. You've got a smaller roster. Mm-hmm. you really got to hit on these guys. Yeah. Yeah. Especially like people you sign that end up going on missions and mm-hmm. things like that. Like you hope that they pan out after right. they yeah. get back because you don't yeah. have a lot of – Roster space yep. to get, bring in someone new. That too, the mission. The mission. That's another part that's unique too, right? It's like it's it's the mission, and then he, and then you have to deal with guys um, and their mission legs, right? And getting yep. them back up to speed. Whereas other coaches that you know in other programs, they don't got to. They don't have don't to worry about that. that. So, you know, it's 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 taking him some time, but I think I think he's right on schedule based off of you know the stuff that we say he has to go through. I remember talking to Dave Rose. A handful of years ago, one of his last years coaching, and he was so tired. Um, I remember talking about the the transfer portal and just guys leaving up yeah. and leaving. I remember how frustrated he was talking about that and how just difficult his job is. Yep. Just being a, a, a head coach for a collegiate basketball team and then BYU on top of that with the missions, and you're just trying to fit. It's like, yeah. it's like mind boggling. It's just crazy. Yeah. So, so much stress. So, you got to hand it to Mark Pope. For how well he has done in these five years, he hasn't been perfect. And now you're throwing on NIL mm, on top yeah, of that. Yeah, so it's, you're right. it's a good point. so, so difficult. So hats, hats off to him, man, especially yeah. this year for sure. where, the, where they're doing so well. So because we miss uh, so badly having to take tests and finals in college, right, guys? We miss that? No? Oh, come no, on. I didn't have to take I tests. actually do get, like, PTSD, like, every... <laughs> <laughs> around this time every year where like I feel a knot in my chest when you see all the students having yeah. to go off but it's like, like oh, oh I don't have any papers due oh yeah I don't have to take any tests I'm cool yeah you wake up in the middle of the night in cold sweats <laughs> like oh yeah I'm not a student anymore yeah yeah. We're, well we're going to test our BYU basketball knowledge by doing some trivia so let's invite, invite our producer oh. Terry on who's going to read us the questions and then you know what we're going to start with Hema then we'll go to me then we'll go to because okay. we're going to throw Brian a bone here. He's more of a football guy, you know what I mean? All Let's right, go. Terry, what's number one? Number one, who is currently averaging the most assists per game on the BYU basketball team? Who do you got? Oh, you want me to go first? Yeah. Dang it. Yep. Um, I'm going to say um, Down Hall. I'm going to Down Hall. Me too. Who is it, Terry? <laughs> I need a buzzer. That's wrong. It's Spencer Johnson. Oh, is it really? 4.9 per game. Okay. Good work, Spencer. That makes sense. 
Yeah, and in, in last show we were talking about how he maybe shouldn't be in the starting lineup. Lineup. I mean, Sorry, I was Matt. I was imagining a second unit guy because Jackson's the guy that's scoring. So yes, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Anyways, all right, number two. Who is currently averaging the most rebounds for the team? Noah Waterman. I'm going to say Noah Waterman too. Yeah, I'm, he's getting about seven I'm per game. S- I was going to say no. <laughs> <laughs> seven, yeah, seven rebounds per game. No Waterman. He has he's turned it on yeah. from last year. Like he's just, he's a different player. He's a totally different player. I remember being like, and not even this sounds so rude, but last year I'm like, this guy's ginormous. What's he doing? Like why is he scoring more? You know, why is he getting more rebounds? And then he comes out this year. Yeah, or just was he just soft? It was just like, I mean, he didn't, it didn't click for him. I actually talked to Mark Pope about this and he talked about the process that Noah went through in the off season and how this year it finally just turned on and you could see it. Yeah. That's a thing. That's a thing. thing. Yeah. You hope that's a thing. And sometimes it's hard to buy into that. You're like, they can't just switch from, you know. No, you literally do. And there's some that do. Yeah. And And when that happens as a player, it's the best feeling because, the game slows down. That's like what's you, like you, you're like in the zone. It's mm-hmm. like it's like when you start playing. It's like it's, you're, you're like in the Matrix. <laughs> yeah. sports. You're Neo. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, you, you start anticipating Neo Waterman. <laughs> <laughs> Neo Waterman. I like that. Yeah. So it's, it's, that's that's good. And and the thing with the coaches, you just got to try to accelerate that process in your yeah. in your player development. You know, as, as quickly as possible. I love it. All right. What's our next one? Next question, which NBA team did Coach Mark Pope spend the majority of his time in the NBA with? That's the Bucks, right? Milwaukee Bucks. I'm going to choose a different answer. I'm going to say Pacers. Brian? I'm going to say the 49ers. <laughs> 49ers. The Bucks. He spent 108 hey! games. Uh, okay. Yeah. He, uh, he went to the playoffs with the Bucks. All right, the next one. Over or under? Mark Pope averaged two points per game in the NBA for his career. <laughs> I'm going to go uh, I'm like under. Say under. <laughs> I'm say under too. He's, Sorry, Mark. He's said it. He's like 1.9. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, 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 slightly. All so, right, what's the next one? Over under in 11 games, BYU has made more or less than 133 pointers. 133 pointers? I, in 11 games? I'm going to say that's a lot, but they've, I'm been, say over. they've been raining. Threes. I'm going to go over. I'm going to say under. Over, 137. Wow. Okay. That's a lot of threes. Dang. That is crazy. All right, here's the last one. Let's hear it. Which ACC school did Mark Pope coach at before he became an assistant under Dave Rose? I mean, I know this. It's Uh, Wake Forest. Is it Wake Forest? Yeah. I was going to say Syracuse or something like that. Am it's I correct, Wake, It's Wake Forest. Yes, uh, it's yay. Wake Forest. Nice. Hey, you got, hey, pretty good. Brian, Brian, hey. We're big basketball guys. Yeah, yeah. Huge basketball you guys. Well, you know, I'm an athlete, so. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys, we're going to take a quick break, but when we come back, we're going to transition to football, something uh, y'all might know a little bit more about, and we're going to talk about how much do stars really matter. This is Cougar Tailgate. Welcome back to Cougar Tailgate. I'm Lauren McLean with Hemahe Muli and Brian Logan. It's portal season and commitment season. Fans are eager to see how many stars are next to recruits' names as they sign with BYU. But it brings up a question. Does the number of stars next to a recruit's name actually matter? Let's talk about some of BYU's biggest recruits in recent years. Jake Heaps, four-star. Tanner Mangum, four-star. Chaz Ayu, four-star. So these are some of BYU's biggest recruits. Some of BYU's most successful players, however, 
Fred Warner, three-star. Jamal Williams, three-star. Puka Nakua was a four-star. Tyler Algier, two-star. Zach Wilson, three-star. So let's pretend you guys are Kalani Satake. What are you looking for most in a recruit, below? Do the stars matter? Five stars. Oh, of Truly. course. Truly. Yeah. Of course. Yeah. 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 I think, yeah, I think stars, uh, stars absolutely matter. You look at the top teams in the nation, like Georgia, Alabama, they, and, and Texas, like their roster is is made up of five stars. So, um, yeah, they absolutely they absolutely matter. That doesn't mean that you're going to win a national championship, though, every single year. Yeah. Um, but the data does, uh, does support that um, teams that have uh, the top – you know, recruiting roster in, in terms of stars, they end up being really successful. Yeah. yeah. So clearly it's not a flawless system because we've seen on some of these guys that didn't pan out and some sure. that did pan out that were lower stars or just didn't get look, looked at as much as some of the other guys. But what about for you, Hema? If you are Coach Satake, what are you looking for in recruits? I think I think stars do matter. Um, that's just the short answer. But I, I think if we're asking – are they what matters most? I think that's a different answer. Like that's a yeah. different question yeah. with a different answer. I think what Coach Kalani is looking at right now and staff, obviously they're looking at stars. You want to get the best yeah. performers in high school that you can, and that's what the star system does. But um, what also matters is real-time, high-level football games under your belt. And that's kind of where the transfer portal is starting to kind of pan out for schools, right? Is they they get these transfers, whether they're JUCO, whether they're uh, FCS, yeah, they're teams that or they're players that have played in big games at their at that level. Yeah, and we saw with like Eddie Hecker last season, it kind of it panned out. He's played yeah. in big games, and it showed in big games in the Big Twelve. So, yeah. um, I'm gonna. So my short answer is <laughs> stars do matter, but they don't they don't matter the most. Yeah, I think. you know, I, I think um, BYU's is, and probably some of the academy schools are, are very challenged when it comes to recruiting. It's tough because not, yeah, not everybody wants to come to BYU uh, with that to live on a code, right? Right. Um, I think that there's, I've always said this, there's certain personalities that are attached to certain position groups. Mm. And like DBs, right? Like we just got swag. Yeah. We just we just different types of dudes. <laughs> if you do say so yourself, <laughs> <laughs> we got swag. We're I, super good looking. I, some of you have swag. swag. I'm just saying <laughs> this is this is what I've been told, you know, uh, by the football community. Yeah. Um, but I mean, like big personalities. Look at somebody yeah. like Deion Sanders, right? Yeah. Like, oh, think, yeah. think about all the Sauce corners. Gardner. So, that's what I'm. Yeah. That's what I'm yeah. saying, right? Like we're just we're we're just diff- we're different in our in our mindsets in our mentality, and that type of guy is not gonna find BYU attractive. Sure. You know what I mean? So and and, and there's another uh you know uh personality type I would say similar to DBs would be uh like a DN, D tackles, right? right? Like like they that's the other group that got some swag. Flash, you know, yeah, yeah, the flat right? Like you can even tell just by how they dress. Oh yeah, you play D B. Oh yeah. yeah, you you're a D tackle, <laughs> sure. right? And and so uh the the challenge is is you know, how do I come up with a strategy to think outside the box to to recruit these type of players that I I know it's going to be a challenge because of the lifestyle that they probably want to live versus the one that they have to live here. Mm-hmm. Um, so, 
Yeah. 100%. I think Kalani has said this multiple times. You know, he he likes recruiting kids that want to be here. Yeah. And I don't think he means like at BYU per se. I think he does want to get the kids that want to come to BYU. But I think he gets we, – we mentioned Eddie Heckard. He's a DB that like is not – flashy right. let's yeah. be honest he's humble yeah. he's soft-spoken but he can like lay a hit right and those are the kind of people i think that will find byu attractive and people that kalani frankly goes out to try to get yeah that's yeah. not to say that like you know he can't get people with flash or anything like that but yeah um, it, it it is uh there is a type yeah right? exactly exactly yeah. and and i think too so you always got to build on your strengths so byu can always get linemen they can always get receivers they can always get tight ends they can always get quarterbacks right so um continue to to build on those but you know when it comes to corners maybe you have to go to the fcs level uh maybe you have to go to the the schools where um guys are getting overlooked for whatever reasons right or getting a guy like Mori Bamba mm-hmm. as a corner who well, I think it's his, his what third year or fourth year ever playing football, yeah, yeah. right? And then and then having these guys you know develop into the athlete that you want. Uh, maybe maybe you get a track guy, right? Um, maybe for defensive tackles, maybe you find I don't know a, a rugby dude wrestler sure. or rugby. You know what I'm, you get what I'm saying? Yeah. Right? Yeah. And athlete, yeah, exactly athletes, and then you just develop them. So you find the guys that have the intangibles, mm-hmm. that have the height, the weight, and the speed. But they just may not have the football development needed yet. But then you go and you develop those guys. That makes it so much harder as a coach. Like, I mean, <laughs> yeah, that puts you think about like all those things. Just leave listening to. I was like, oh my gosh! Like yeah. that puts so much pressure on these coaches when they go out and recruit to find the right guys that want to be a BYU that maybe have been overlooked. And I mean, I love the I love the example of Eddie Heckard, Honestly, like a guy, he wants to make it to the next level. He wants to be seen more because he feels like yeah. he's he has that talent to make it to the NFL. And so BYU gave him a shot, and he did it. I think he did such a phenomenal job of doing that. So if you can find more of those guys, You're right? That's gosh, easier said than done, right? Way easier. Yeah. Well, said well, than well, done. Yeah, to your point too, this and this is what Bronco like. Why Bronco loved recruiting guys that have chips on their shoulders. Yeah. Because he he would come in, Bronco would be mean in, in a strategic way. He'd come into the game or pregame, or for, or or uh, start of the week, right? So we're playing, I don't know, some team, and Monday he goes, "You're not better than them." Yeah. <laughs> like what? looking around, what? like wait a minute, it's Portland State. He, like he's talking, to you, he's talking to you. He's not talking to me. He's talking to you. <laughs> and and he would say, you know, they're faster, they're bigger, they're stronger, but. They're not going to be more disciplined. They're not more disciplined than you guys. You know, they're not more determined than you guys. They don't outwork you guys. So keep those three things in mind as you are, um, you know, preparing for this team. Is that make sure that they don't outwork you. And so, uh, an average kid, like at a like a, like a five star kid, is that's probably not going to be received well at Georgia, right? Because sure. it, it, it doesn't make sense to. But somebody that like me, that's five six, shouldn't be on the field. Or all these walk-ons or guys that got overlooked, we're like, we we feed into that message, right? We're like, oh yeah, yeah, yeah that's sure. that's that's right. So there's got to be like this 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 combination of finding a guy, one that's overlooked, has a chip on the shoulder, but then also has the the talent as well. And I think that's like the sweet spot for yeah. for a BYU. Yeah. So so I want to ask you, below, because because you guys had that. A lot of you had that chip on your shoulder. You were you were overlooked, and you feel like you yeah. had to prove yourself. What was your reaction when one of these higher star recruits would come into BYU? How did you guys react? I was, like a Jake keeps, yeah, right? Yeah, I would. I said, 
the first thing I said to Jake was, "What what are you doing here?" <laughs> I was like, what? "Why?" I was like, "Why?" Are you? Yeah, I was like, "Why are you?" Do? I was like, "Why are you here?" And I was like, "You had offers from where Tennessee, yeah. you know, USC, everywhere. You had offers everywhere." And I was like, "Why you choose BYU, man? What the heck is wrong with you?" I wouldn't. He was like, "What?" I was like, "I would have been at USC. I would have been at Tennessee." Um, but but then you know, as I as I get as I got you know, as I left the program as a as a player. And started to to you know put my uh, analyst hat on. I realized that that the love that these kids, these five star kids, had for BYU because of, of the church. Mm-hmm. Um, and and so you know, I'll so, so to answer your question, I feel like BYU should have every five star LDS kid. Mm-hmm. Period. Yeah. Period. That that should be it. That's got to be a strategy, and I don't know what that looks like, but sure. the when when like having Jake Heaps and seeing some of the other guys that are that are five stars, and I'm like, you passed up all these schools, <laughs> all these schools for BYU. Yeah, this is possible. This is possible for this program to to have more recruits like that. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, it's still going to be extremely difficult because even if you're an LDS kid and you get an offer from Alabama or Tennessee or Georgia, I mean. Yeah, I mean, it's not like it, sometimes BYU absolutely is going to be at the top of the list, but I mean that's that's where the difficult job of these coaches comes in, and you have to be able to wine and dine and get them here. I'd somehow. be talking. Look, if it was me, I'd be talking to all the bishops. <laughs> you <laughs> yep. know what I mean, right? <laughs> like you got you you got to use the church to a mass, to, a mass yeah. email to every bishop. Sure. In the yeah, country. yeah. Who do you got out there? All right, we're gonna do some football trivia now. Let's bring back on Terry to help us out. Terry, when you're ready, give us number one. We're going to start with Brian this time, since it is football-related, all right? Let's go. Which NFL team in the AFC did Coach Sataki sign a free agent contract with? Oh, I didn't even know he played in the NFL. <laughs> uh, Colts. Him? Bengals. I'm going to go with Bengals, just because Hammond go. knows him so well. It was the Bengals. All right. Good job. I know, like, that's crazy. Yeah. I learned something new today. There you go. All right, number two. Who did Coach Sataki get his first win against as head coach of BYU? Arizona. 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 Yep. There you go. Arizona. Yep. Number three. What was the highest ranked team BYU has defeated in the Sataki era? I think it was number three USC, right? And wasn't Keaton that wasn't that when Keaton Slovis was the quarterback? I don't think that were they three? Or, or was that I mean, it would have to be early in the season. Yeah. 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 So yeah, I'm gonna say USC. That sounds about right. What was it? It was uh number six ranked Wisconsin. Oh. oh, so what was USC? I mean, they were, see, see, I, I think they were, were ninth or something. Yeah, I didn't think that. They I were didn't top think, ten, though. I don't you, think. I mean, US, Wisconsin, USC. that was when Tanner Mangan went in there. And they were having kind of like a not a great season. And then they went in and took down Wisconsin. Do you guys remember that? Yeah. Yeah, because before what, um, the new head coach for USC came. Right. Clay Hilton? Yeah, um, before that. Bef- no, the, the, oh, Lincoln the, Riley now. Yeah, Lincoln, yeah before yeah. Lincoln Riley came, like – US, USC hasn't they haven't been ranked in the top three or five since since yeah that's probably Jesus died yeah you know? that's probably <laughs> <Jesus died. laughs> or Reggie Bush right <laughs> oh yeah yeah yeah, yeah. That's, that, that, that's, exactly that's long yeah, that's yeah, how long it was ago. that's how long it was yeah all right here's the last one the last one true or false BYU has scored seventy points in a game during the Sataki era. I think, Seventy points. I think false. false. I think false. they scored in the high sixties, though. False. Against his highest scoring game was Toledo? Virginia. Oh, was it Virginia? Okay. That was like sixty something, right? I think so. Okay. Yeah. So I'm gonna say false. Okay, false. They got sixty six twice. Oh. Twenty twenty versus North Alabama, and then twenty twenty one with versus Virginia. Okay. There you go. There is Good work, Man, you guys. Seventy. 
Shit, it's I would have kicked you. Should put a 70 burger. Right? Yeah, you got to get a 70. Yeah, the meal <laughs> On the resume. <laughs> got to, right? Kalani's too nice. I know, he is too nice. He is. Yeah, maybe this next year. Uh, we'll see what happens. All right, guys, thanks so much. That does it for today. Thanks again to Brian Logan and Hema Hamuli for coming on the show with me. Carter Bond and Tori Kimball helped produce this episode with senior producer Terry South. You can join the Cougar Tailgate wherever you get your podcasts on Apple, TuneIn, Stitcher, Spotify, or on BYUradio.org. Cougar Tailgate is a production of BYU Radio.